Disaster has struck for Maryland basketball. You are Locked On Terps, your daily podcast on the Maryland Terps. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everyone? I'm Trey Moore, video content creator for 247 Sports and InsideMarylandSports.com and host of Locked on Terps, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. So thank you for making us part of your day. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 bucks if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. Maryland basketball right now is about as low as it can possibly go. And when they usually say that you have hit rock bottom, there is only one way up. But I'm not sure for this team, for the rest of the season, the only way to go is up. And for the future in terms of going into next year, if we look at the current way this team is constructed and how much we rely on Jameer Young, our starting starting point guard every single game, especially over down the stretch over these last couple of games, but just throughout the season, he's gone next year. And it's not like our 2024 class is filled right now. Besides Malachi Palmer, there's nobody right now. So... I don't know if we have even hit rock bottom. I think there's more down we could possibly go. But disaster has definitely struck. And it's in the future, it looks like it could strike. It looks like it has striked right now in terms of the future, in terms of going into next year, in terms of this continuing Big Ten play could be bad. We are in trouble right now. And this Minnesota game, was a perfect example of where we are as a program right now overall. We lose a heartbreaker to Minnesota on a Sunday game, a game the Terps should have won. We had a seven-point lead at the half, 29-22, to and I thought we had a really good half. We made a couple of runs. We were playing really good defense. We, hold, we held them only to 22 points, which is exactly where you want to be as a defense overall. I thought we were playing tough. I thought we were hitting some shots. I thought a lot of guys were doing a lot of good things. I mean, we only had 29 points, but we're not the strongest offensive team, as most people know by now, but I still felt like we were playing gritty there there's a lot of effort going around and it felt like they were playing as if it was a must win type of game in the first half because it kind of did feel like it kind of feels like our season's over if I'm being honest obviously it's not but in terms of March Madness and all that other stuff it feels like we really had we really have to go on a win streak in Big Ten play which is very unlikely with how this team currently is right now but it felt like they were playing like the season was on the line in this game in the first half I felt like coach Willard had a pretty solid game plan even though we weren't doing anything extreme offensively I just loved the defensive effort overall and we were still finding ways to score a little bit uh, enough to have a seven point lead at halftime overall but as you guys know we ended up losing this game we ended up losing by three to Minnesota after being up seven at the half and I'm not gonna sit here and be like oh my gosh we're up seven. Like, that's an insurmountable lead in terms of basketball. We know basketball, seven points is nothing. You can come back from that in two minutes. You were hitting some shots. But I still feel like 
with how the game was going overall and how the game looked in terms of the eye test and everything, I didn't feel like Minnesota had a ton of talent in terms of they didn't I didn't feel like they were much better than us. When we played Purdue, it was like, okay, that team is better than us overall. But I didn't feel like this Minnesota team was definitely just better than us or more talented than us. I didn't feel like they had a a crazy amount of talent. I felt like this is a winnable game. So I felt like a seven-point lead at the half and how we were playing defensively and how overall I viewed the Minnesota team, I honestly thought the Minnesota team was going to be better than what they were. I wasn't really impressed by the Minnesota team. They have some good players. Don't get me wrong. Dawson Garcia, their big man, is good. Elijah Hawkins was a scrappy, like, small guard. And Cam Christie hit some huge shots, and he's a younger player, and he hit some big-time threes in the game. But overall, it it didn't feel like Minnesota was just out-talenting us. And this year, we have gotten out-talented, out-played in just every category, it felt like. Like, I felt like, like I said, Purdue, I felt like we were just they were just better than us basically everywhere you looked, and I thought they were more talented team than us overall. I thought also Indiana, I felt like their big man overall and that big guard that they had, they just had – I felt like they just had more talent than us overall. They were much deeper than us, I felt like. But this Minnesota team, it didn't feel like they had much more talent. So the way we played in the second half was just extremely disappointing. We allowed almost double the amount of points in the second half than we did in the first half overall. They killed us in the second half. Yes, like I said, the seven-point lead isn't like insurmountable in basketball, but it still did feel like we were in a really good spot. Some players were doing some really good things overall to be able to win this type of game. And it's the second bad loss we've had in a row. That's why I said that disaster has struck for Maryland basketball. We're nine and seven. The Purdue loss and this Minnesota loss were very different, but they were bad losses to me, both bad losses to me. They were bad losses for different reasons, but they still felt like both like were bad losses. For me, the Minnesota game was a bad loss because they were able to come back. They were able to outperform way do way more in the second half than they should have done and they were and they were able to figure us out overall and they were able to force us to only nine first half or nine second half field goals overall so them coming back in that type of game and us blowing a lead that we had in the first half and even going into the second half we had the lead for a lot of the second half overall so us blowing that lead that was why the Minnesota game was bad. Purdue game was bad. We just couldn't figure anything out against Purdue. They were just the better team. We didn't know how to stop anything. I thought we had a horrible game plan against Purdue. We came out, and we didn't know what we were going to stop. We allowed them to shoot threes. We allowed Zach Eady to get whatever we wanted. We allowed Purdue to do absolutely anything against us. At least when I watched Illinois play Purdue, Zach Eady, I'm pretty sure, was held – around under double digits i'm pretty sure i don't even know if he got the 10 points they said we're gonna take him away their shooters might beat us we didn't do anything we just played in between and we allowed their shooters to get going we allowed zach to get going i thought the game plan was horrible we got crushed we could do nothing offensively so against minnesota we could do something some players played pretty well in spots and were able to score the ball a little bit better even though the overall scoring wasn't 
at that point, but some players did have some solid numbers. I'm talking about Dante Scott had 14. Reese came back and had 14. I'll talk more about them in a little bit later, but it just didn't feel like overall that though, or it feels like now we're just, we've hit a horrible spot in that we've hit really rock bottom with these horrible losses that we've had back to back. And I know there's so many games in the Big Ten play, but it feels like we just have so many weaknesses, so many things that we have to work on that it just feels like we've hit just a horrible spot as a program. And like I said, I don't feel like it's like we're going to get a lot better in the future. I know these young guys are going to get better, and who knows what we do in the portal next year, but our 2024 class is really not much right now besides Malachi Palmer, and I think how we – how, how we have been playing is going to affect Derek Queen. I don't think Derek Queen's going to want to come to Maryland, and that's just me being 100%. So it's a domino effect when you when you start having these hiccups and start playing poorly and start blowing these leads and have a horrible game plan against Purdue. It starts to become a domino effect. The tippy-top players won't start to want to come like Maryland did last class in the 2023 class where we had a top 25 class and we had three four-stars and all that type of stuff. That thing, that's not going to happen anymore as much if you can't win games. A big part of the reason I think we got a lot of guys was because Kevin Willard looked like he was a really solid coach at, at the during our year last year, especially going into Big Ten play. And then he also was able to get us to the tournament. And we just looked better as a program than we do right now. Right now, we just look hopeless, like we have nothing to do. And there's so many holes on the team. It just looks horrible right now. And right now, I feel like, Maryland football is outdoing Maryland basketball. We're supposed to be a Maryland. We're supposed to be a basketball school. We're supposed to live, breathe, die basketball. But right now, like, I don't know if that's switching. I don't think necessarily that I'm saying, like, the fans are switching to become football fans. But I'm saying that right now the Maryland football program is doing better, in my opinion, than what the Maryland basketball program is doing. The Maryland Maryland football program has been – somewhat consistent in terms of three straight bowl games is three straight bowl game wins and Maryland basketball. We're not going to get three straight March Madness um, appearances. We're not going to make the tournament this year. Last year was great, but you got to be able to start stacking good years back to back to back. And this Maryland basketball has a lot of history. It's supposed to be one of the better programs, one of the better jobs. And it just doesn't seem like it's going to, going anywhere right now and it doesn't seem like the future has much to hold it really has felt like in my opinion that we have hit rock bottom and that the only way you would think is to go up but i think it's going to continue to go down we're going to figure out a way to continue to go down overall but the minnesota game showed us a lot of weaknesses that i haven't even gotten into a lot of holes in this team that i want to talk about and that that I don't even think we can fix. I don't think there's uh, there. I think there's too many holes to fix. I'll tell you about that after this ad from FanDuel. The NFL regular season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 money line bet. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is easy to use, and there's so many different ways to bet, like live same-game parlays. Find bets in the new Explore tabs. Make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, the best way to find popular parlays, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to make your first bet at layup. 
FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. This Maryland team has way too many holes on this team to fix. At the start of the season, I thought, hmm, maybe this is, this whole thing is fixable. Maybe this shooting and all this thing that it seems like we don't do well, maybe it's fixable. Maybe Kevin Willard will be able to fix it and we'll be ready to go by the Big Ten play and everything will get straightened out and everything will be okay. We'll shoot the ball better. He'll design better sets. Everything will be better. He told us we could struggle early on the season. He's going to figure it out. The players are going to start to figure out. The younger players are going to start to play better. The freshmen are start going to start to play better. We're going to figure out the lineups. All that type of stuff that you think of when you think about basketball. I thought that Maryland basketball this year and Kevin Willard and the rest of the staff, I thought we were going to be able to figure it out, and be able to plug these holes up. But every single time we try and plug up one hole, there seems to be another leak in the system. This Maryland basketball team has a lot of flaws, and they keep coming out. And we saw them against Minnesota. Number one, the road struggle. We stink on the road. We are terrible on the road. We cannot win a road game to save our lives. Okay, we beat UCLA, but that was it. And that UCLA team is in the dumps right now. They're they're pretty bad too. They're they're worse than we are right now, and that's honestly saying something. But we cannot win on the road at all. We don't win road games. I don't know who to blame for that. Is that Kevin Willard's fault? Are we doing the process wrong? Is there something we have to switch up for road games? Do we need to switch the meals up? Like, what is going on that we can't win these type of games on the road? just like this Minnesota loss that we've had. To back it up with stats, we're 1-5 one we're one in five on the road this year with the only win being against UCLA. And one of our last – we have won one of our last 11 road games in conference. So we don't win on the road in conference. We win all – we do all of our winning at home. I don't know why that is. I know that home is a clear advantage playing behind your fans and your own fan base – student section, all that type of stuff. But we still should be able to manage to be better than one in our last 11 on the road against Big Ten opponents and one in five this year on the road. It's pretty terrible in my opinion, and it's something that has to be fixed. Like I said, I don't know how you fix it exactly, but that's not for me to figure out. That's for them to figure out. I don't know how you fix that overall. I don't I don't know enough about the ins and outs of how we're doing the road experience to know why we're so bad on the road. I just know that we're terrible on the road and that I think it really needs to be fixed overall. Julian Reese. Reese had a much better game than he had in the previous couple of games where he had that horrible stretch versus Purdue and UCLA, skipping that Coppin State game because I don't really make much of the Coppin State game. They're one of the worst teams in Division I. If you look at um, all the stats and everything, they're not a good team. So I kind of leave that game out of there. He played fine. He played well in that game. But I'm talking about the last two solid teams that we have placed and Purdue and UCLA. He had played horrible. In this game, he was much better with 14 points and nine rebounds. And at first, in the first half, I was like, Perfect. Kevin Willard did exactly what I said he needed to do. Get the ball down low to Julian Reese. Let him get going. They weren't double teaming him, which honestly kind of surprised me, kind of didn't, because Julian Reese hasn't done a lot um, over these past couple of games. 
but also I would still double him because Maryland can't shoot, which is another problem. We didn't shoot a horrible percentage against Minnesota, but that's another problem. See, we kind of plugged that in a little bit, but other ones are coming up. But the point of it is about Julian Reese's. Okay, he's starting to play better with the 14 points and the nine rebounds. Oh, we we plug that hole in. Oh, but his foul trouble starts leaking, and that's another hole that we have to fill in. He's terrible in terms of playing without fouling. He got his fourth foul pretty early on in the second half, and we had to play most of the second half with him on the bench, and that's what lost us the game. I think that was the difference in the game. If Julian Reese is in that game, I think we win. I really do. Maybe I'm wrong. We don't know. We can't simulate it. We can't do it again. We can't play it back. I really think we win that game if Julian Reese Reese is in that game and healthy. So him being in foul trouble and not being able to play without fouling, which has been a problem in his career, makes it really hard for us to win games because we need him to be able to win. And then it's too much on Jameer Young overall. But that's definitely another problem that we have. We don't have any center depth off the bench that can create offense and be able to post up and do those type of things. Julian Reese, foul trouble, that is a problem for sure, in my opinion, right now. The offense overall is pretty bad. In the second half, especially, it was horrible. Only nine made field goals in the second half. We go, we went cold like we usually do. There's not a lot of guys that just can create their own shots and get their own shots. And I'll say this. Having Jahari Long out of this game really did hurt us, I think. Jonathan Lamothe picked up some of Jahari Long's minutes, and Jonathan didn't do anything terrible. I Honestly, the only problem I had with Jonathan is I thought he passed up shots, and I've seen him play in high school, and he's a good shooter, so I don't know why he's passing up shots. Like He's a really solid shooter overall. I thought he was open a couple times and could have shot the ball and didn't overall, but that was one thing that I thought, wasn't good from Jonathan Lamothe. That was a problem for him passing up shots, but not, that wasn't really a big problem. Jari Long not being out didn't help us, but the problem was the second half offensively. It was terrible. Only nine made field goals. I think a big part of that was Julian Reese. He creates a lot of prop or a lot of problems for the opposing teams down low, and him not being out there really hurt our offense. This is a point I continue to make. It's just too Jameer Young dependent. And other guys did more. It was more balanced today um, with Scott having 14 or the other day, excuse me, and Reese having 14 and Kaiser chipping in with seven. But it's still too Jameer Young dependent, in my opinion. He, We expect him to do everything for us right now, and it's still like that, and it's going to continue to be like that. Like There's not going to be a bunch of personnel changing. But overall, that seems to still be a problem. Turnovers. Young and Dante Scott had way too many turnovers. And there, I haven't seen Young turn over a ton this year at times. So that's another problem that kind of came up. But honestly, what is he supposed to do? The amount of shots he has to create for us and the amount that he has to do for us, I'm not surprised that he's turning over the ball. But Dante Scott can't turn over the ball four times. And, and um, excuse me, Jameer Young also can't turn over the ball five times. But if Jameer Young has three, two turnovers, that's to be expected because of how much he's trying to create shots for others. Jordan Geronimo has been a problem as well, offensively. Defensively, he does some really good things. He didn't start the second half. Kaiser took his spot because he's an offensive liability out there a lot of the times. 
And he hurts us because he doesn't bring anything to the offense. And we already struggle a ton on offense. And he's part of the reason why, if I'm being frank and honest, he doesn't shoot the ball really. He doesn't have much of a post-up game. There's not a lot of stuff. He's really wrong offensively. There's not a lot of stuff that he does. So overall, that's definitely a problem as well that need to be fixed. There's so many problems that this Maryland basketball team has to fix. I hate talking about them, but there's just too much stuff, and there's stuff that continues to come up overall, and I hope to see it get. Let's switch gear to some football. There's some transfer portal news that are pretty interesting involving some former Terps. I'll talk about that after this ad from Jace Medical. I know we come to sports to escape from the – from some of the crazy realities of real life, but can we just talk for just a minute about preparing for real life? According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics right in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade. This is scary. I can't imagine a more helpless feeling than if or anyone important to you or one of my kids, I don't have kids, but anybody important to you got sick overall. Supply issues keep happening, and we can't have that. And from life-saving medication, that is needed. Thankfully, we'll be okay because of Jace Medical. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, anything. This stuff could happen to any of us. Visit jacemedical.com and compete your physician encounter. It will review a board-certified physician, and your medica- medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important to be prepared than today. Go to jacemedical.com and use code Locked On to get $20 off your first order. So there are some interesting news involving former Terps in the transfer portal. Let's start with Rico Walker, who I thought was going to be a big part of our future plans. And he was a big part of our future plans in the tight end room. If you guys remember, he was a four-star recruit. He came to Maryland, really big-time recruit for us overall. A lot of teams recruited him as a defensive end prospect, but he ended up playing off or he ended up playing tight end for us. He played both in high school, but a lot of colleges expected him to be a tight end overall. But he did some really good things in the start of the season. He showed a couple of flashes, but he decided to enter the transfer portal because he stopped playing later on the season, which was kind of interesting. But he has committed to Auburn, which is a bit ironic to me because we just crushed Auburn. But it's never about us just crushing Auburn for a reason not to commit somewhere. They're building something really top-notch, I think, in my opinion, at Auburn with their recruiting classes and the way they're going to use the portal. So overall, I think it's a good place for him to go. I'll be interested to see how much he plays next year, but I thought it was interesting to talk about how he has ended up at Auburn. And then Talia, as you guys know, he entered the portal. And the waiver stuff is really interesting, in my opinion. Like, I wouldn't see him saying I'm entering the portal if he wasn't pretty positive he was going to be able to get that waiver. So I expect that to be able to come. But if it doesn't, it'll be interesting his next steps. I guess he'll declare for the NFL draft. I guess his draft status isn't where he wanted to be. That's why he's coming back. I also think it's because he'll make way more in NIL money than 
he will in the NFL right now because of he's not going to be like a first round pick or anything. So that is interesting. And then it's also interesting the rumors that we're hearing. Miami seems to be the favorite, and I can see him at Miami overall because two is down there and they need a quarterback. It seems like too much of a perfect fit not for it to go overall. But he also has been rumored to Auburn, so we could potentially maybe have another guy going Auburn. I don't know, but it's really interesting. The Talia situation is really interesting. I'm definitely going to keep a lot of tabs on that, of course, because it's Talia, our best Maryland quarterback of all time. It'll be really interesting to see how he performs with another school. Now, that's all we have for today. Thank you for listening to Locked on Terps. Make sure you like and subscribe. We're here every day talking Maryland football and basketball, so make sure you like and subscribe. But thank you for listening to Locked on Terps.